0: Welcome to Tell Me Your Story. I like to try to break it up a little bit, unlike uh, I got a broken tooth here. So I'm, uh, I'm surviving. I'm doing well. Uh, but we're so glad that you are with us here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And uh, we have a returning guest to the program. Yeah, I'm going to put off all of the preliminary stuff till later because we're going to jump right into this uh, with our very special guest. Uh, I, I've lost track. I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, Jeannie. Uh, Jeannie Cisco Meth is my guest. She's the author of "Bully," almost said "bulletproof." Bullyproof you. It's not necessarily a bad idea, you know. Uh, welcome back to the program. For I don't know if this is the third or fourth. It doesn't matter. It's great to have you back again to talk about a subject that really, quite honestly, uh, we we do need to continually discuss.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me back on your show. I love being on your show. It's always a pleasure.
0: We have a lot of fun on this program. And um, uh, the the, the program, of course, is designed to uh, uh, give a voice to different ideas, different philosophies, different ways of living, of playing, of being, of loving uh... and so forth as we've been covering for fourteen years on this program i've certainly been interviewing people for over forty years and talking about a lot of these same things a lot of these same things uh... just not necessarily in in a set uh... conversation called tell me your story but nonetheless and i know that that's kind of the direction we are going to go into today um... one of the 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 elements is when you are able, let's just say we have made some inroads with uh, the bully to where we're able to finally sit down and have some kind, some kind of a dialogue, okay, uh, where we might be able to get to, uh, I want to say the root not always, but I mean, you get get a little deeper down into what in the Sam Hill is going on here, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like what I said uh, in terms of that that one question that I would ask of the bully. What is it that you are so afraid of? Because usually that's what it is. It's fear that makes you behave the way that you do. Now, um, would it be? And I'm curious. Would it be appropriate to follow that up with? Look, I'm not asking you to change. I just I want to understand so that I can put you in the proper context and I can move on with my life. Is that is that is that fair to say and or do in that respect to that person? You know, like, hey, I'm not I'm not you don't have to change. I'm not asking to do that, but we need to dialogue so that I can better understand you.
1: So we need to, first of all, define what age group we're talking to. You know, so with an adult, if, if you're dealing with an adult bully, say at work or, you know, in your community, your church, whatever, then absolutely sitting down saying, hey, let's go for some coffee. Let's go hang out and sit down and say, hey, I want to understand you. You know, I want to, to see where you're coming from. And I always start with, I know that hurt people hurt people. How can I help? you know, because this is how I feel when you say these things. And so one thing that I have learned is that things that may, uh, I'll I'll use a story and illustration of my daughter, love my daughter. She's my daughter. I love her. And I would never intentionally hurt her or bully her in any way or, you know, make her feel bad. The other day we were in the kitchen. This was probably, Uh, four or five years ago, it was before she moved out. And so we were in the kitchen. She was in her early 20s. She's now 32. So my two, probably 10 years ago, (laughs) (laughs) we were in the kitchen and I said something to her and I don't even remember what it was, but in my mind, it was not, you know, insightful. It wasn't instigating in any way, but the look on her face told me that she didn't hear what I said. And what I mean by that is it's my responsibility for my receiver to get my message. And it's the receiver's responsibility to understand the message. So often that message gets garbled when it comes out of my mouth and into somebody else's ears because of the filter that we have. So if I sit down and I say, hey, why are you the way you are? That's going to bring up defenses, right? And they're going to feel attacked. Possibly. There's a good chance. But if I sit down and I say, hey, you know what? The other day when you said, oh, my gosh, you're so tall, and then you continued to harp on that, I felt, you know, bullied or I felt like there was a problem or I felt, you know, help me understand what you meant when you said that. I don't think anybody can take exception with that.
0: What about someone who you are trying to express where you're coming from, Mm. and they continually turn it around to make it about them? I'm feeling this way when you do this. All right. So I'm owning the feeling. I'm owning the feeling based upon what you are doing. And what you are doing is making me fearful, yeah. uh, you know. And they turn it around and they say, "Well, yeah, well, I was afraid this, that, and the other thing." And and it's like, oh, I, I, I'm not sure how to respond because I want to say, no, 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 this is about me right now. This is not about you. This is about me. I acknowledge your fear, but I don't want to talk about it at this moment. We can talk about it in the next moment. Right. Let's talk, about, let's talk about the, the um, there's a term for it, uh, I, I want to say deflection uh, or redirection, I guess. I don't know if that's a psychological term or what have you, but you, you know where I'm going.
1: Yeah, and, and a lot of times, you know, that deflection is a way to protect. Uh, one of my personal mentoring clients right now is working on helping her son not deflect. And I said, well, that means you can't deflect. (laughs) I said, because of the little ones in our life are doing something, it's because they're learning it from us. Because that's how we learn, is by modeling. And so the first thing is taking responsibility for me, where I'm at, and my feelings. And so if I'm speaking with somebody and they're saying, "Well, well, I can't believe you would say that, that makes me feel. Then I need to say, okay, is that what I meant? them you know is that where I'm trying to go or is that not where I want to go and then say okay I'm sorry you misunderstood that why you know what was it that made you feel that way or what was it that influenced you to choose those feelings now that's a higher that's an upstream question so to speak you know and um, if you can have that conversation with somebody and get them to realize that their feelings are their choice based on words that they hear you know or or memories that they have that bring those feelings up it's still a choice mm-hmm. your feelings are a choice did I influence them? You're saying, I did, so I'm going to own that. But what was it that influenced that? How can we shift that perspective so you don't feel that way?
0: Yeah. Then um, again, we're, we're still dealing here with the adults. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to the kids in just a minute. Uh, they're in the other room <laughs> having ice cream right now. You
1: can't treat them the same.
0: We're, we're, no, you cannot. Uh, they're <laughs> having ice cream in the other room right now. We'll deal with them later. Uh, but uh, as far as adults are concerned, it does seem to me that the biggest challenges that we have uh, in that regard uh, with, uh, with dealing with adults is, of course, all of the, the myriad, la- I want to say layered masks, mm-hmm. economic, religious, political, geographic, ethnic, and, and there may be many others as well that we have to work through i mean i, I, I put it this way <clears throat> not only have i spoken with but i have watched uh, conversations on television with specifically with black entrepreneurs and some of them are some of the happiest uh, almost seem like they're fearless uh, they don't feel as though they're being put upon. Uh, they don't have all of the excess baggage that another person who you can he- you you can almost see the chip on their shoulder. Now, again, I'm not saying that the person with the chip on their shoulder isn't justified. Don't get me wrong. But it's like. I spoke with one woman on this program about her being a black woman and all of the stuff that's been going on in this country over the last 18 to 24 months. And she it's not that she can't relate to it. She chooses not to because she's not going to draw that energy into herself. Now, has she had those experiences? She really didn't go into that. But It just seems to me sometimes, and I, I used to say this about the Christians who used to scream about being persecuted, and I used to define that as, well, basically, you're screaming persecution as if you are standing on the railroad tracks, a train is coming down the tracks straight ahead for you, and you're telling me that it's the train's fault if you get hit. Get the heck out of the way. Uh, I say the same thing when people have problems online with uh, uh, other people attacking them, trolling them, bullying them. Get out of the way. Suspend your account. Delete your account. Uh, It's not worth it. I mean, a lot of this stuff, does it not impact us physically as far as our health, mentally as far as our psychology? emotionally as well as spiritually right
1: oh absolutely if you know as within so without and so if i'm negative in my nature and all i do is feed myself negative images negative connotation negative media whatever guess what i'm a negative person there's no way that i cannot be negative And so if I'm looking at things and I develop, I choose that victim mindset, and then I find all kinds of ways to validate it, all I do is get stronger and stronger in my victim mindset. Or I can sit down and go, okay, wait a minute. There are examples of people who have been through worse than I have and have made it. They've done well. They've changed things. You know, what am I missing? What do I need to change? Oh, it's probably my mindset. And so when I start making those changes and moving forward, it's difficult and it's absolutely worth it. Nobody said that it would be easy to change how you think. That's where it starts, though. And so I've got to start thinking differently about things so I can start acting differently. And so I absolutely love the story that you told about the lady that you interviewed earlier about how, yeah, those things exist. I don't allow them in my space. Yeah, And it is say. not
0: denying our history. It's not denying the realities uh, of what has bu- has gone on over the uh, centuries as far as people of color are concerned. And we're not denying any of that uh, to those who might be listening. What we're saying is... OK, that is our history. It's horrible. And now we need to step up and move forward. Is that, um, is that something that you encourage people to try to do, uh, regardless of what the category of mask is?
1: Yeah, every single person, I don't care what color, what nationality, what, you know, whatever, what sex you are. Every single person on this planet deals with struggle. Every single person deals with, you know, um, I want to say persecution, but that's not the, that's a more extreme word than I want to use. Everybody deals with other people trying to hold them down or hold them back or push them out or marginalize them. Everyone, everyone deals with that. The question is, what do you do with it? Do you, you know, I have a, a very dear friend of mine that has been looking for work for over a year now and Hmm. has really been trying. However, they've not even gotten interviews, gotten a few interviews and they have accepted this. Well, they had the mentality before, but they have this mentality that nobody will hire me. I'll never get a job. It's never going to work. Life sucks. COVID screwed me over. That's their reality not mine, it's not my reality. I could say, oh my gosh, my business was totally impacted. You know, you know, every speaking engagement canceled, even for Tony Robbins, who has never ever missed an engagement in his life, his business shut down. So little old me, my business <laughs> shut down. You know, so I mean, it's it's always comes back to the choice. What choice are you making?
0: Mm. That is one of the subjects we talk about regularly here on "Tell Me Your Story" as we talk with Jeannie Cisco Meth, author of "Bullyproof You." Bullyproofingyou.com is the website. We hope that you will uh, take a trip there and check out what she has to offer. Bullyproofingyou.com or Jeannie Cisco Meth will be linked as we have been uh, to your website. You also have Bullyproofing. And the letter U, we'll talk about that as well. Sounds like an educational thing here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, and I do really hope that you will stay right there with us. As we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, you know, we are here. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. And we are also on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. with a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. I hope you'll join us for all four broadcasts. If not, you can get the podcasts of all of these programs on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeartRadio, as well as Amazon Music and other locations as well. And we're also on YouTube where you can watch uh, these interviews. Uh, you can uh, look at our smiling faces, uh, teeth gap, and all that good stuff. And uh, we hope that you will do that. And subscribe to either the, the podcasts or the uh, video casts. And uh, Tell Me Your Story is the channel on uh, YouTube. So hope that you enjoy that. Uh, Jeannie, you know, this whole thing about uh, finding one's voice... That is a big deal because uh, I I've seen a few movies recently, um, uh, where and they were older films. I don't mean like in the tw- thir- uh, uh, 50s, 60s, or 70s, but but in that general area where the women were uh, being mistreated, they were being physically, of course, bullied if not physically beaten uh, by their husbands uh, or their partners, what have you. And of course, uh, down the road, they finally get the gumption up. And they basically take them out. They cut them into little pieces and so forth. And it's almost like justifiable homicide. Nowadays, you are seeing more and more movies with very strong female roles, female characters who have this experience, and they don't put up with it anymore. And I'm wondering how much of an impact do you think that is having on the way that especially women in those kinds of situations, and it can even be in the workplace, it's not exclusive to home. Uh, what, what kind of an impact do you think that that is having?
1: Well, I know that as humans, we learn from modeling. We learn from watching. And so if I'm watching media that is feeding me the story that it's okay to be violent and aggressive, then I am more violent and aggressive. That's been proven time and time again. If I'm reading books or you know whatever it is that I'm putting in, then I am much more likely to be violent and aggressive. Just because somebody does me wrong, that does not give me the right to turn around and annihilate them. It, it One wrong does not, not make it okay for another wrong. And so I like to think that... Your listeners choose the high road, so to speak, and wouldn't do that. You know, they would use their voice and say, hey, excuse me, that's not tolerated. You know, I have people talk to me certain ways and I have to speak up and I'll say, I'm sorry, you must have mistaken me for someone else. I do not allow that kind of language around me. Thank you. You know, and usually that immediately ends it. If it doesn't, then I say thank you so much and I leave. Or I turn it off. You know, if I'm watching a movie that is offensive to me, I turn it off.
0: I know too that, um, and because I've heard this happen in in let's say workplaces, uh, sometimes there's con there's just regular conversation, but the language is extremely blue, extremely salty, shall we say? And uh, the individual who really doesn't care for that, um, just walks away. They just walk away. Whether they say anything to the supervisors or anybody else, I don't know, but they don't want to be around it. When you have somebody who is harassing you in a verbal manner in that regard, and I've had that happen on a couple of occasions many, many years ago at the Christian station, my boss, I used the phrase, reamed me a new one. <laughs> I couldn't sleep for three days. And finally, I called him out to the transmitter site. We sat and talked, and I explained that he was so aggressive toward me, so angry. I first thought he was going to punch me. And uh, second of all, I completely forgot why I had done what he was so upset about. And then I told him, the reason why I did what you got so upset about is, And what I was doing was temporary. That was basically I was vacuuming. I moved a cabinet to vacuum behind it, and I didn't get a chance to move it back before he showed up. Surprised, he showed up as a surprise. You know, he didn't want me to move anything, and it's like, well, how the heck were we supposed to clean anyway? uh, And uh, it wasn't. I wasn't possible for me to move away from that. Uh, Just recently, I had an incident where I had somebody who. Um, I was doing something that they didn't care. They didn't like the way I was doing it. And they kept interrupting me. And I said, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm being very, very calm, very gentle. And finally, he says, what is the problem? Is it your, is it your surgery? Or, or are, are you an idiot? And as soon as he used the word idiot, I said, you stop right there, you mother. And I stopped. Because then I didn't want to be guilty of using some language that even though he and I normally have a good relationship then things calm down we had a nice conversation he explained where he was coming from from his dad that's the way his dad was he apologized I said look we're good okay we're good and we move forward Mm -hmm. that doesn't always happen it's not an easy thing for people to Uh, to own their behavior and acknowledge, look, I crossed a line. Yeah, I mean, it's great for me to say, look, pal, you crossed a line, but unless the other person recognizes, it doesn't do any good.
1: Right. Well, and it's, I, I really like that you did speak up. You know, so many people don't speak up and then complain about it later. And I think that's what's wrong. If you know, if you find yourself in a situation where somebody's saying things or using language or watching something, whatever it is that you don't appreciate, it's your decision how to react. I love the fact that you said the gentleman that didn't or the lady that didn't like the salty language just walked away. Mm -hmm. You just just leave. You don't have to say anything. Now, if it's somebody that you have to continue to interact with, then you might want to say something, you know, the second or third or fourth time, you may want to say something, or you just keep leaving. They're going to figure it out. People are pretty smart, Yeah, you know? And so it just kind of depends on where you're at. I highly encourage people to say something. You know, if it continues to happen or if somebody's getting in your face, like you were saying, you know, they're reaming you a new one or yelling at you, <laughs> it's absolutely okay to say, whoa, hang on, hang on. I know you're my boss and that's not tolerated. Mm-hmm. I'm a human. I have rights. Don't yeah. talk to me that way. Yeah. Well, and I was. The reason, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to
0: say, I was young. I didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, and, and people are afraid to speak up because they're afraid they might lose their job. They're afraid, right? There's this whole list of reasons why they don't speak up, but then they complain about it. And I'm like, Hey, okay. So you're afraid to speak up. Don't speak up Own that, hold that, wear that, you know, or I'm going to speak up. Okay. I got fired. Awesome. Get another job. Yeah. That's the beauty of, of, you know, there are options. You're not locked into just one thing.
0: And you can take the perspective when one door closes, another door opens. I mean, you know, it's nothing is permanent. That's the other thing that we we do t- tend to forget. We think that where we're at is permanent. It's going to last forever, and it doesn't. It does not.
1: Um Thank goodness sometimes, and oh, so sad other times. <laughs>
0: uh, there you go. Yeah, it, it goes both ways. It's kind of like that Chinese proverb. I was actually sharing that proverb with a, a friend of mine just recently uh, about the farmer and the neighbor uh, and how the neighbor kept coming over every day to just kind of see how things were going. They were good friends, and and uh, then the farmer would tell the neighbor what had happened, and the neighbor would respond uh, each day, oh, that's bad, to the f- farmer's <laughs> response Uh, Well, who's to say whether that's good or bad? And the next day, oh, that's good. Who's to say whether that's good or bad, et cetera, et cetera. And it goes on and on and on. And uh, we tend to do that, especially when it comes to jobs. And quite honestly, I think that one of the greatest things that we can do, and if you haven't done it, folks, I think you need to do it, and that is setting up a network. We'll talk about that in a minute here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. Uh, Genie Cisco meth is my guest, and uh, bully, uh, bully, and <laughs> Bully Proof You is the name of the book. Bully Proofing You, the letter U, is uh, a website I want to talk about as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. And we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true right here as we talk with uh, uh, Jeannie Sisko-Meth about her work that she has been doing for how long?
1: So, well, I've been doing it for over 30 years now, wow. but I've been professional speaking since 2012. All yeah, right. So.
0: I do want to get into that other area that I, was, uh, that I just alluded to, if I can now remember what it was I just said. Uh, <laughs> but in that regard, has there really been much of a change In uh, And we can take into consideration, of course, the Internet over the last 30 years. We can we can look at that, too. But has bullying really changed that much in the 30 years that you have been dealing with this subject?
1: Well, I think we have seen more assault and assault is not bullying. Assault is assault. So if somebody puts their hands on you, then that's no longer bullying. Bullying is verbal intimidation or attempt to control. And so we have absolutely seen an increase in escalation of bullying. So, um, you know, assault or people think, well, that's bullying. So over the years, the definition of bullying has become clouded. And so it has grown because the definition has grown to encompass more. The uh, the definition of bullying is somebody using words or posturing to intimidate or control another person.
0: Now, I think I shared this on this pro on uh, our conversation in the past about that aspect of of uh, uh, a parent, and I know you've heard this. Who will say about uh, a child who is getting bullied at school? Hey kids will be kids and besides it builds character and I then throw out okay then there's the biblical adage train up a child in the way he shall go and when he gets old he will not depart from it now you say that your kid pushing this other kid around that's just what kids do and what you've already said uh, Jeannie is and if he does that at the age of 18 He's going to jail for assault. And the only difference between the two is how old that person person is. Talk to us about building character and this parent. It's a hypothetical parent, ladies and gentlemen. This parent uh, and their perspective on bullying.
1: So when I allow my children to use violence to solve things, that's a really slippery slope that can cause all kinds of problems throughout their life. And so if I teach my children to make good decisions and to you know deal with stress appropriately, that's a great life skill that they can use their entire life. And so my son is 23 now and he is six foot nine and he got bullied incessantly when he was in junior high and high school. And part of it was because, you know, the little kid, if the little kid could beat up the really big kid, he was tough. And, you know, and the other way was if my son ever said anything back because of his size, he was always labeled the bully. And so he constantly was dealing with that growing up. And because of his ability to deal with it appropriately, he has an incredible sense of humor an incredible ability to diffuse situations. And it has been beautiful to watch him use those as an adult. And so the building of character, I absolutely agree with that. It needs to be done. However, allowing somebody to bully somebody is not a way to build character. And it's not a way to toughen somebody up. We don't need to toughen somebody up. Mm. We need to be understanding and understood.
0: You know, um, in the process of training for this particular career, <clears throat> uh, I have been set in front of a num- n- numerous different consoles and told, okay, this is this and this and this and this and this. All right, now, here's what we're going to do, blah, 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 blah. And I've had this uh, happen at, at, at numerous stations. And uh, at one station... They sat me in front of the console and um, I was just kind of tooling along, running the programming, doing great. And somebody came in and just started pushing buttons, pulling dials and and slide pots and all this kind of stuff. And their intention was to see if I could recover from that. Now, after they did that and after I recovered, I made the commitment that I would never train anybody by messing with the work that they were doing to see if they could fix it. Because they're going to run into enough problems down the road, they don't need me. (laughs) Amen. We might talk through certain scenarios, but I'm not going to sit there and screw with their board or their equipment to see if they can figure out what the problem is. I want them to learn how to do stuff, not how to fix stuff. Because in the process of learning how to do something, you learn how things work, what the workarounds are, Plan B, Plan C, uh, and and kind of like what you're saying, that's the process of building character, and it's not about giving everybody a trophy. Yeah. It's not what we're talking about here, because uh, I know a lot of people that get really bent out of shape when you when they hear about. Oh, everybody's, a uh, you all participated, so you all get a trophy, in spite of the fact that he won or she won. She was the first in line or whatever. Um, so it's its just really, um, it's, it's a kind of an unfortunate situation. We're talking with uh, Jeannie uh, Cisco meth and she has written a book called uh, Bullyproof You. Uh, when we come back, and now we remember what it was we were going to talk about, and we'll talk about it in the next segment, about bullyproofing and the letter U.com. Okay? Let's talk about that when we come back here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And as you listen to this program, I want you to know uh, that uh we want you to take time out, to spend time going within. We will we'll, we'll even talk a little bit about our own intuition and how that can help us, because I got to tell you there have been times when I've looked down the corridor in school and going I don't have a good feeling about going down there. I see those guys, I'm going the other way and just avoid the whole thing. But let's talk about uh, going forward towards bullyproofing and the letter u.com. What is that all about? Because you have another website called bullyproofing, dot com.
1: So Bullyproofing You, Y-O-U, is where the book is showcased. And so we actually have a home study course at BullyproofingYouBook.com. And it comes with the videos, a workbook, all kinds of stuff. And then Bullyproofing You with the letter U is for the university, just like you were saying. And it is where my podcast is housed. And um, we have... I'm sure it's nothing near where you you are with your podcast, but we have been downloaded in over 92 countries. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I feel very very blessed, and um, it's just Jeannie's thoughts and feelings about things. <laughs> well, that's cool. <laughs> so, yeah. so if you you know if you want to just hear me saying, hey, you know what? This is what happened the other day. This is what I think. What do you think is is kind of what it's about? So
0: you know, I asked you earlier about uh, uh, how bullying has changed over the last 30 years and you shared with us your thoughts. How has the awareness of bullying changed and the what's the right word here and the uh, strategies for, Dealing. I mean, you mentioned one I thought was great with your son, and that is humor. Although I will say, and I'm hoping the humor wasn't self-directed, because self-deprecation is not is is not a good alternative. Just because if you make the joke about you first, then they won't make fun of you, uh, no. because now you're getting into a pattern of putting yourself down. So you got to be careful there. So how have the strategies for dealing with bullying? And of course, subsequently, the bullies uh, changed over the last 30 years or so.
1: Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I hope you don't get any bad messages. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In our schools, in 90% of our schools, and that is, I am PFA in that statistic. I don't have the exact statistic, um, but it is an educated statistic. And that is in about 90% of our schools, they haven't changed. And that's the sad thing. Mm. It's sad. Mm -hmm. You know, they're Mm -hmm. they're not being dealt with. And then in another part of our schools, they are they are being dealt with and they are being, um, you know, getting help. The biggest thing is and and I dealt with this constantly when I was marketing to schools and the schools, you know, when they would have a bullying expert come in, incidences of bullying would go up 40 percent because the person would come in and talk about and show videos, this is what bullying is, it's bad, it's horrible, well, we learn by modeling. So if you're gonna sit me and make me watch bullying videos for an hour, I'm going to leave that presentation and do more of it. It's, it's natural, that's the way it works. And so I spent a lot of time explaining to them that my bully-proofing you is totally different because it's about improving confidence from the inside out. It's about teaching kids how to believe in themselves. It's about teaching kids how to speak up and know and stand for something, you know, And 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 that confidence, that personal confidence, and that totally changes everything. And it constantly got called back to schools, just like I get to keep coming back on your show. I was constantly called back and people said, your, your bullying presentation is so different. And I said, yeah, because it starts with me, the person. You know, it starts with the kid and the tools that they can use to change their life. And so how has bullying changed over the last 30 years? But Bull- We will always have bullies because hurt people hurt people. However, we have better skills and better understanding of how I can protect myself from it.
0: And bullying is a generational thing. Kids don't, they're not born bullies. They've mm-hmm. got to learn it somewhere. There's that wonderful, wonderful song. I think it was from the 60s. Uh, You've got to teach your children. They've got to be carefully taught. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. We have way too many families, you know, latchkey kids, kids that are raising themselves, you know, and it's difficult to take care of a family financially right now. I know that. I was a single parent for a lot of years. And, you know, there's been a lot of economic crises in our world in the last year, year and a half. It's mm-hmm. tough. Yeah. And you have to decide you know, who's going to raise my kids, the babysitter or me? And what babysitter am I going to have raised my kids? It is one of the most difficult decisions I ever made as a parent. And I am so grateful I don't have to make it anymore because yeah. my youngest is 23. <laughs> ah. You know? Yeah. And so I'm so grateful that we made it through those years. I also think that way too many parents put more value on peers than on themselves. And they say, well, that's who they're just hanging out with. So that's who they're going to be. No, as a parent, I help my children choose their friends. Mm -hmm. I helped them and I told them, you know what? You may not want him as a friend. This is why. Now, choice is yours, but this is why. And so allowing them to make those decisions as a kid taught them how to make great decisions for friends as an adult, because adults make the price tag on their mistakes is much higher than the price tag for a kid mistake. And so I want my kids learning how to make good decisions when they're younger than when they're older, because the price tag is smaller.
0: Mm, Yeah, it is. Absolutely is let me ask you uh, to talk a little bit about this uh, this process the steps that you go maybe we can talk about a few of these initial steps when a bullying situation comes along that you you are actually asked to come in and facilitate to try to work through and again we'll we'll stick with the kids where this is this is kids' time, okay? <laughs> we already dealt with the adults. They, they, can, uh, they can go get a drink or something. I don't care. Uh, but let's talk about that as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. Jeannie Sisko Meth is my guest. <clears throat> the book uh, Bullyproof You and uh, BullyproofYou.com. Bullyproof You, is it a Bullyproof You book? .com also for yeah. that's we where the book, book is.
1: newbook.com. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, all right. And we, uh, we we of course we are already linked with the other interviews that uh, we've done with you. So we certainly hope folks will, uh, will, will f- uh, go to your website and find that out as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story New Paradigms for a New World. As we give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true, and I'll tell you what, we need to make some new choices as parents. I am not a parent, but nonetheless, uh, some would say that whether you're a parent or not, you do tend to be a role model, and how you behave in public is going to be remodeled by the young ones. By the young ones. So uh, we hope that you will um, be a little more conscious when you're out Uh, in public and uh, if you are out in public with your kids and they start getting a little rowdy be very careful cuz a parent sometimes even in a disciplinary mode can kinda shift into that bullying mode can't they
1: yes I mean anybody is capable of being a bully anybody is capable of being a tyrant and a dictator and there's a time for being a dictator in your home. And there's a time in being a facilitator in your home. My two year old, that is now 23, you know, um, two year olds throw fits. And so they need to be taught how to appropriately ask for what they want. Otherwise, you have 32 year olds throwing temper tantrums, and it's very ugly and very costly. We have seen that and are still seeing that in our society today. I feel like we have a lot of adult two-year-olds running around throwing temper tantrums, not behaving appropriately. And it's not a pretty sight. And so as an adult, if I am in the store and my two-year-old is yelling and screaming and throwing a fit, we get to go home. And I pick my two-year-old up and I say, today is not a good day for shopping. And I take my two-year-old home and I get a babysitter and I go back out and I do my shopping. And then I come back with an ice cream. Why? Because I like to rub salt in the wound <laughs> to make sure that the next time we go out, my child is more perceptive and more um, acceptable or amicable. Mm -hmm. to behaving appropriately in the store
0: but you used a very important phrase there you didn't say it's time to go home because you're misbehaving you're saying it's time to go home today is not the day for shopping and that is i think a wonderful distinction yeah
1: yeah it's not so a lot of times parents will point their finger and say, you're bad. You're, you know, And that's, that's not it. It's you've made a bad decision. This is not a good decision. Here's your consequence because of your decision. Mm-hmm. So many people have not learned cause and effect mm-hmm. in our world. Mm-hmm. This happens, this happens, you know, and so many people think, well, I want to avoid that. Well, no, you made the decision to receive that. And so if my two-year-old gets taught that they throw a temper fit in the middle of the store, they go home and I go back out and do the shopping and I get an ice cream. They learn temper fit, no ice cream. But if, if they learn that, Oh, I control myself. And they say, mom, I don't like this. That's okay. You don't have to like this, but you do need to be amicable for the next 30 minutes while we finish shopping. Then I'll get you an ice cream. Okay. I can do that. Right. And that's, what happens in the world and we have too many people that are trying to circumvent that and say well I want to make whatever decision however I want do whatever I want and still get good things happen to me yeah does't work that way
0: and and I will have to say that we need to bring that forward into modern day into the modern day it's one of the reasons why I, you know and again I don't want to cast dispersions or, or judgment, but it's one of the reasons why we're having the spikes across this country that we're having, because there are those who have made that kind of a choice. I'm not getting vaccinated. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not social distancing. I don't have to because I have the constitutional right to do what I want, when I want, where I want, how I want. All right and now here are the consequence here here's the cause and here's the effect now i i i'm i'm not i'm not an epidemiologist i don't know what the hell's going on all i know is i care a little bit more about my community and so rather than saying oh they're they're usurping my rights i'm exercising that's what i've been saying all along no one has taken away my right, individual rights I choose to exercise them, to care not just for myself, but for others as well. I'm curious. uh, This was a question I was going to ask you earlier, and I know I kind of put it in the context of how has bullying changed. I'm curious in the 30 years that you've been doing this, 30 plus years you've been doing this, uh, can you share with us uh, some of the success stories? You've talked about your sons, your son in particular. But what about some of the other kids, and this is going back maybe 20 or 30 years, and now they are, an, they are adults, and they have kids, uh, and hopefully the cycle has been broken, at least to some degree, what have you. Can you give us uh, some of those uh, feel-good stories, uh, those uh, uh, that, that, okay, we have... We've sort of nipped the bullying thing in the bud over here, and as you said, it's never going to go away because, hey, people are people, uh, and you can't get to everybody, uh, but what about those uh, those success stories?
1: Yeah, so I was a high school teacher for 17 years, and um, now I haven't been a high school for... Almost 10 years, you know, so I I retired in 2012, but I was a teacher long enough to help people and then have them grow up and have kids, you know, and to be able to run into them in the community and, and keep in touch with them through Facebook and things like that, seeing their life change. And I by no means take responsibility for that. I just planted seeds. You know, I helped, I facilitated in a way. And so seeing a student who used to be on drugs and in gangs and, you know, had three or four children, two of them taken away by the state, turn into an upstanding, committed, hardworking adult that gets their kids back, that's phenomenal. And I go back to the philosophies that I helped teach them. And that was, first of all, I create my world in my mind first. You see, I realized that many of my students were doing the things that they were doing because that's all they knew. And so I started introducing them to choices because if I, there's a beautiful picture that I absolutely love. I love Winnie the Pooh and it's it's a meme and Winnie the Pooh and Piglet are standing there looking at the ground and on the ground are three sticks in the shape of an A. But Winnie the Pooh says to the person who doesn't know, they just think there's three sticks. And I love that analogy because Mm -hmm. if I don't know that those three sticks form the A, there's no choice. If Mm -hmm. I don't know that people live a drug-free, healthy life, then there's no choice. Mm And so I need to look at choices. And so I feel like I was able to instill the ability to make decisions and choices. And I used to tell my students all the time, it's okay. You've made some bad decisions, some bad choices. It's okay, because guess what? You can make good ones now. And the way you know that you've made bad ones is because of the results that you've gotten. Now you get to make good ones and you get new results. And so, you know, we could go back to the, the masking or the not masking, the social distancing, all of that. There's so much, you know, out there that says it works. It doesn't work, you know, this, that there's so much out there. So I believe that each person needs to be educated and make their own decision. Mm -hmm. And I don't agree with the government getting involved because those are freedoms. And I feel that it is a very, very slippery slope. And so if wearing a mask protects me, I wear a mask. And if I'm afraid of getting it from somebody else, I social distance, I wear a mask. Now I personally choose to not wear a mask except where it's mandated, which now in Utah is not, it's not mandated anymore.
0: Mm
1: I wash my hands. I always have. <laughs> I've always washed my hands. I don't lick doorknobs. I don't. <laughs> you know, I don't do those things. And so I've practiced good health things. And I, yeah. you know, I was a health teacher for a lot of years. And so when they started saying, "Hey, everybody, wash their hands," I'm like, "Hallelujah!" I've been saying it for years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, next week we're working on blink- blinkers and turn indicators, right? Because I was a driver's ed teacher. There for you a go.
0: Please. Hammer that home. Hammer that home. (laughs) I stopped uh, licking doorknobs about 10 years ago. So, you know, I'm doing much better now. Yeah. Yeah. I I can agree with you. I certainly can agree with you on that. Sure. I think that it takes, though, the mindset of an individual to say that my health and the health of the people around me is more important and so i'm going to x ex- as i said exercise my rights now i'm not infringing on anybody i'm not saying that you should think this way i'm just offering that up as a different choice it's a it's not a bunch of sticks on the ground it's a letter a uh... consider how that sits with you and uh, consider uh... i, I think about uh, those lines from the preamble uh, to promote the general welfare and preserve the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. How do you do that by, um, you know, not taking uh, the precautions that are made available to you to protect yourself when you feel you, as you said, when you feel you need to be protected? Uh, so and I absolutely uh, you, you do know? protect myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. you know, and I let people know how to protect themselves Absolutely. as well. Absolutely, We're and talking
0: with uh, Jeannie Sisko-Meth, and she's the author of uh, Bully Proof You, and we are on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, on SoundCloud, podcasts, Spotify, High Heart Radio, Amazon Music. We're on YouTube. Tell Me Your Story is the channel. We hope that you will subscribe to those as well. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we are going to continue here talking with Jeannie, uh, Jeannie Cisco meth and uh, I do want to thank you so much for uh, this uh, new conversation. Again, I've, I've lost count, but that's fine, because uh, I know we'll have you back again. Now, this is a subject, as I think I said at the front end, it needs to be talked about on a regular basis. It really does, and hammered home that, look, uh, there are better ways to build character, uh, Than, then uh one kid pushing another kid around um, and um, you know it's um, uh i think too uh i was going to talk about uh intuition do you ever teach that aspect of living if you will uh to the kids and maybe more so to the adults i don't know if the kids would really necessarily pick up on that uh or the gut feeling maybe they might in terms of should I go down that corridor or not? Or should I go this way or that way home from school or
1: not? So absolutely. And I think it's really important. You know, Bruce Lee talked about how, you know, it's not my ability to beat anybody up. It's my ability to assess the situation and walk away. You know, I think one of his quotes is not this you know, not, not this environment or not this bar. I don't want to go in here because of this situation. And so teaching people how to read situations is very important. And, and younger kids are getting better and better at it. If they are around people, part of the problem has been that we have pulled people away from people. You know, and they I was speaking with um, a gentleman just yesterday and he was talking about I'm worried about my little kid going back to school because he hasn't learned how to interact with people. He hasn't learned how to look at their face. All he's been able to do is see their eyes. And so how is he going to read people? How is he going to understand? I said, well, it's going to take you guys talking and teaching. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. you know, and learning. and I said, you know what, you may be surprised. He may be really good at reading people because all he's had is the eyes, you know, and he's had to focus on the eyes and see what's going on and not necessarily listen to or look at, you know, what's coming out of the mouth. Mm -hmm. And so that ability to be able to discern and to make a decision is so important. And it always has been.
0: And we are talking with Jeannie Siskel-Meth, and uh, I want to thank you so much for giving us so much time here on the program to talk about this subject that I think and I've said before is very important for everybody because it happens in all aspects of our society, uh, which is too bad. Uh, And and there's a part of me that thinks that if you've traveled the world, I don't think uh, bullying is any different in uh, one part of the world than it is in the other. Uh, although I suppose in the more strict countries, uh, it probably isn't tolerated. But if there is bullying, it's done under the table. It's uh, done in secret, that kind of thing. I sometimes wonder, too, if here in this country uh, at the college level, if this whole this whole thing called hazing uh, that, God, needs to just flat out go away uh, is not a form of uh, bullying as well.
1: It absolutely is. Yeah. Yes. It is, it very much is.
0: Well, I'm going to ask you the same three questions I asked you all the last times that you were on the program, because sometimes the answers change, sometimes they don't, and that's okay. Before I do, though, I want to let our listeners know that we're here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. We are also on Wednesdays at 9 a.m., streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, iheart radio amazon music and a bunch of other locations as well you'll find us i have to tell you folks the number the latest number as of this program forty one thousand two hundred listens it just keeps climbing and i am so grateful i am so grateful and uh... then we're on youtube tell me your story is the name of the channel we hope that you will go to YouTube and watch these videos and subscribe as well. There, we're up to 31 subscribers. And you know what? Every everyone that comes up, uh, hey, it's it's great. And uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for all of that. If you'd like to support the work that we're doing here on the program, if it resonates with you, please uh, support us financially if you can via PayPal. Just use my email address, Richard at Richard Dugan when sending. And uh, I'll get it. And we thank you. And it's there for your security as well as ours. And please participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s. Go within. Listen to that still small voice. Follow that intuition of yours, that gut feeling, if you will. But also spend some quiet time, especially during these uh, these extremely tumultuous times. Regardless of what the subject matter, it could be, it could be wildfires. It could be flooded and rain. It could be anything, for that matter. Uh, God forbid we should have earthquakes here. I, hey, they've been talking about the big ones since I was a kid in the 70s. I don't think it's coming. Okay, I think they're lying. But hey, uh, uh, I don't know. It, it could be here tomorrow, for all I know. Uh, and I'll tell you, um, we'll deal with it just like we deal with everything that comes along, including the bullies. And helping us to deal with it, of course, is our guest here on the program. And with all of that said, let me put forth those three questions to our guest. And uh, first of those three is, who is Jeannie Sisko-Meth?
1: I am a teacher and an inspirer, and I help people transform their lives by showing them a better path.
0: What is it that you hope to
1: or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I hope to be a lighthouse to shine a light in the dark places
0: and finally what is your life's purpose
1: to help people improve and grow so that they don't continue to make the same mistakes
0: Boy, I couldn't agree with you there uh, more I get so tired of making the same mistakes over and over again I was always taught Jeannie if you're gonna make a mistake make a big one okay uh, so that you don't forget it and you'll never make that mistake again. Or as the old phrase goes, go big or go home. <laughs> 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 again, thanks so much for sharing with us. Uh, and I thank you for listening and watching. Tell me your story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices. Don't make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast. Love, Talal.